the since you know we're going to get into ageism here a little bit i guess oh yeah that's um, my fave so 100 <laughs> that's the it's so, my faveism ageism is my faveism yeah um it's been around but, the longest <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So That's stupid. Somebody. <laughs> that reminds me. Uh, greetings, citizens of Earth. Welcome to Accelerative Thrust. I am Dan. And I'm Eric. And Eric, what are what are we doing today? Uh, it is the 100th episode of our our little podcast. Ooh, a hundred big ones. Yeah, hundred gecks, gecksodes. That's what we're doing. Holy mackerel! I I like that. Oh God, mackerel, man! I've heard <laughs> bad things about that fish. But yeah, we can we can worship the mackerel if it's holy. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's holy, uh, so I mean, whew. holy mackerel. Welcome to Accelerative <laughs> where we talk about fish. We talk about fish. We talk about squid. We talk about <clears throat> sea animals. Yeah, vertebrates, invertebrates, uh, <laughs> animals Inverb- with exoskeletons, a coral, in- <laughs> mammals who live in the water, like whales. You know, it's, it's a good... There's a lot to talk about in the ocean. <laughs> oh, hey, by the way, does everyone know that we have stickers? Oh, I don't know. We have stickers. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have stickers. If anybody wants one, mm-hmm. just shoot us a message on Instagram and yeah. uh, or Facebook. Well, I guess well, Facebook might be yeah. uh, uh, under construction for a it's, minute. It is under construction. I completely so, forgot about yeah. that. Insta, yeah. Insta, whatever. Or, uh, well, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, they could also send us an email at accelerative uh, dot thrust at gmail.com. That's true. Yeah. They could do old, that. Old school snail mail. <laughs> old school. Yeah. You know, e- I just snail mail. <laughs> so, you know, you know that I still use Yahoo mail for my personal emails, right? Uh, Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just found out that that apparently is considered weird. Yahoo. Yeah, I, mean, I it's, guess it's like kind of old. I guess so I, I never knew that. I just never stopped using it. I mean, I have one that I still keep. Uh, uh, okay. What is going on? Um, uh, Eric, is that is this part of? I, think, I don't know. Oh wow. I don't know. Whoa, whoa, what's? Hey, Hello. guys. What? What? Greetings, oh, f- citizens of Earth. Oh, God. What? <laughs> Wait, hold I'm on. I think. You like uh, the crappy Dennis Hopper character in oh, one. God. Yeah. I'm cracking Great. this hundredth celebration, this hundredth last episode you guys are going to have. Uh-huh. Okay, it's not the last episode. And what are you doing, Chuck? <laughs> oh, this is Oh, <laughs> enemy Chuck. I have hacked your Zoom codes. <laughs> what are you doing? How what is going on? This is 
<laughs> I told you I'm hacking in. I, I'm not going to miss this last episode. You guys are going to grow up, episode. get real jobs. You know, we have real, we are, we're, I just turned 47 years old. I and can't we have grow up of- anymore without just dying. Okay. I'm not responding to any of this bullshit. <laughs> are you serious? I'm I just waiting you. it out. I'm just waiting till you're not here anymore. That's it. Ruin our show with <laughs> goddamn noise and your ambient sense and your goddamn freaking, you know, whatever the hell it is, your your yeah. cheat codes. I, I, your thought codes. Had to, I thought all you had to do to get on this show was just play a bunch of crappy weird noise and be from the Midwest and you come <laughs> on here and get reviewed and interviewed. Well, that's, that's only for our friends, but we have one enemy. And he goes by the name Enemy Chuck. You ever heard of him? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that, yeah that's that? me. I'm Chuck taking your DVDA. podcast down. That's, why, why that's why we're here, you know. Public uh, enemy wait. number Chuck. Who's we? You got a turd in your pocket? Oh, you'll you'll see. You'll know. Uh-huh. You'll know. Uh-huh. I, Just get to the point. I, I'm here. Uh, we're here to, to, you know, celebrate. It's like bigger than what, April 6th. It's bigger than 9-11, you know? It's your last hundred, it's, it's your last episode, hundred episodes. April 6th? Yeah, what yeah. happened April 6th? Yeah. I don't know. This is, <laughs> this is it. Get it all out now. You are not getting back on this show ever. <laughs> yeah, because it's fucking canceled because yeah. of you, Chuck. Yeah, I already have made a new canceled because of us. It's canceled because of us. What is this us crap? Just get to the point. (laughs) (laughs) See, you don't even know your enemy. That's like the first rule of having an enemy. Duh. Yeah, if you actually feel they're worthy of that. You you don't know that I have a henchwoman helping me, right? A henchwoman? Yep. All I know is she supports me (laughs) in my endeavors to destroy this no, podcast. She supports you financially. <laughs> you're a fucking bum. Yeah, we're here to stop your podcast from Hey, 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 hey now, henchwoman. I do the talking here. Just don't respond. Yeah, just to don't even Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah. That's that's what we need to do. Let's just let him talk, Eric, and let's just ignore let, let's pretend he's not here for a second. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you guys sit back and listen to to me show you how to do a real we're podcast. We're not responding, Chuck. Uh, uh, this is the outtake bumper that's supposed to be funny and hip. Right before the music theme? Yeah, yeah, right before the music theme. Dun, 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 dun. Greetings, citizens of Earth. I'm Dan. And I'm Eric. And you're listening to the Accelerative Thrust Podcast, where we review <laughs> extreme, experimental, and not-so-experimental music. Or at least we say we will do that. But it usually devolves into food, Ninja Turtles, horror movie soundtracks, and other insane nonsense. So, uh, how you been this week, Eric? Uh, I- I've been good. I've been okay. Uh, I went shopping at Aldi's. Uh, watch some super cool thing that you never heard of, and, and it was my favorite thing. And uh, that's not hyperbole. I know I say that a lot, but it's totally my favorite, and you should check it out. Uh, how are you, Dan? Well, I saw in the news something happened, and we should try to make it funny. Oh, yeah, totally. Probably something about, like, Metallica's new album, and then that reference will segue to some record reviews. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. Let's review some music. Come on, everybody. It's record time. <laughs> oh, can I try that? I suppose. Come on, everybody. It's record time. <laughs> Uh, for this selection, I chose to review this super obscure Japanese female power trio known as Hitsuji Bungaku. They have an older 2020 release called Powers, and it blew me away. This type of dream pop is getting super popular in, like, cool circles of people that know it's cool but act like they aren't cool, and that what makes that's what makes them so cool. I think... I don't know, really know because I'm not cool, but I do listen to this with this music, so I guess I am cool. The, the elements of synths are uh, sparse and heavy at the same time. The lyrics are so light and airy, but also gothic in ways. I don't know. It's hard to pin down, but it really reminded me of like the Sundays, maybe, or even Young Marble Giants. I love this. What did you think, Dan? Man, Eric, you really hit the nail on the head with what you said. <laughs> I don't have a lot that I can add. I didn't hear as well, except like maybe heard it a little bit more shoegazy at times. Some some Dinosaur Junior, Young Marble Giants for sure. The track 1999 was a little hyper pop maybe, but yeah, really just a great, great pick, man. Yeah, I, uh, I did hear that shoegazy sound on some tracks. <laughs> and they didn't lean into the hyperpop. Maybe I need to listen some more. I did Google their name, and it translates to sheep literature. So that's super cool. It'd be even cooler if it was turtle literature. And they <laughs> covers of Nickelback songs dressed up as Ninja Turtles. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Oh, okay. Now we've lost it. We're so crazy sometimes. I mean, we're just so weird and interesting. Okay, what did we learn this week? Oh, I don't know. We learned that uh, Chuck is super cool. He's mm. totally not a bad guy, and mm. no one should listen to our podcast. Yeah, that's totally correct, and about sums it up. <laughs> See you next week. Yeah, see you next time. Bye. And now here's the cool outro bumper that's like a moment of zen. Uh wow. Um how was that? You know, I this is this is ruined. That's all. I guess that's all I had to say. Success. Success. So it's funny when things are ruined sometimes. So yeah, I'm just gonna drop in some old reviews. What we decided to do was pick our favorite records that the other person suggested. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the ones I liked most though that Dan suggested and he picked the ones he liked of mine. So I'm just gonna name those now because we're actually gonna have sort of a flashback episode here. But yeah, so if you're not a big fan of flashback episodes, like I'm not, uh, <laughs> this might not do it for you. But but you should listen to the intro and the outro. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just skip. I mean, there's a chance if you've listened for a while that you will have already heard all these reviews, right? But yes. if you haven't, if you're sort of a new listener, you might hear some cool things. But anyway, I'm just going to say them real quick. Uh, and I'll just name mine first and then stands because they sort of go in order so what i mean by that is my picks of dance i mean the picks of dance that i like first Oof. 
Okay, so <laughs> we're going to go to Tyler, the creator, from episode 18. That happened in April April 1st, 2021. And then we're going to talk about the Armed, episode 45, from October 7th, 2022. And Future Death, episode 66, from April 7th, 2022. And then uh, these are Dan's picks of what... No, my picks that Dan liked. Man, that's really hard to say. I should have thought this through. Um, Buck Gooder, episode 62 from March 6th, 2022. Tropical Buck Storm from episode 77, August 16th, 2022. And Exec from episode 87, December 23rd, 2022. So... Those are pretty cool. And if you haven't already heard those reviews, then you should listen to them because they are our favorite ones out of a hundred episodes. And actually, if we had an average of four things that we reviewed, these are our favorites out of at least 400 things we've reviewed. That is that's really... psychotic. Come on, everybody. It's record time. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about a record from Tyler, the creator. It's his latest record that came out a couple years ago called Igor. And um, I actually, um, I really like Tyler, the creator, always have uh, in like Odd Future. He was also uh, affiliated pretty heavily in the beginning with Earl Sweatshirt as well. Because mm. um, they were both part of the Odd Future Collective, which... which in recent years, it seems like they have disbanded or kind of gone their own way. Um, but uh, this album just surprised me. I mean, I've heard this record, like I heard it basically when it came mm-hmm. out and I've listened to it. I've, I come back to this record probably at least, I would say, I, I at least come back to it once or twice every couple of months. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to lie and say that I listen to this record all the time, you know, mm-hmm. but when I do, I just, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's totally different for those of you who know Tyler. It's really different than his previous albums. Basically what I would kind of refer to this as if you haven't heard any of Tyler's previous records, they're rap. I mean, he's, he's a rapper. And in fact, some of the earlier stuff that he put out, like the album Goblin, uh, kind of got labeled for some strange reason as horrorcore, which I, hmm. I kind of disagree with that label. I don't think that he really was horrorcore. I think he maybe had elements, but um, later albums he started to kind of like incorporate some more, yeah, I don't know, synthy stuff or whatever, like to his beats. And then, yeah, this record came out and it's just like the way that I would describe it is it's like Tyler making kind of like a twisted take on a pop album. There's some synthesizers and I would say like definitely has an R&B soul funk influence. Um, It at times it actually weirdly reminds me of like vintage electronic hip hop like. Like, I almost hear, like, some African Bambada or, like, Egyptian lover or something going on here a little bit. Um, but it's also, it's very modern. Like, I mean, it. sometimes I have to admit that it gets a little too close for comfort to me. Like, 
too like kind of top 40 pop you know because i i don't really like a lot of that stuff and there there are times where this record gets pretty close to that but then it always just kind of seems to veer off and do something a little kind of weird or crazy Mm -hmm. um it really doesn't surprise me though at for as different as this is uh, from his other material. It doesn't surprise me that he made a record like this eventually because he always kind of said that he was influenced by, like, this kind of stuff and that he even kind of denounced rap hmm. for, like, a little while and said that other styles of music are just cooler, like, in an interview once or something. Hmm. And I so it doesn't really surprise me that much. I kind of think it's sort of like a... Sort of the same thing that you kind of heard from like Andre 3000 of Outcast when he kind of did the Love Below. Like maybe this is sort of a somewhat of a modern take on that sort of direction or like a rapper going in a direction like this. Uh, yeah, I would totally recommend this if um, if you like Outcast, especially the Love Below, um, Andre 3000 side of that record, Love Below Speaker Box. Um, I hear like Kid Cudi, Childish Gambino. uh, And like, I don't know if you like some of the more modern day Beck stuff Mm -hmm. as well, maybe. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I usually don't really care much for modern day R&B. A lot of it, but I really like Tyler's take. Uh, What did you think, uh, Eric? Um, Yeah, I, I loved it. Like, I mean... The other records that we reviewed for this week, um, I listened to them maybe twice through, maybe more like one and a half times through. This record has been playing in my car for a week straight. I, I just, it's, I adore it. I, I it's, it's so it's cool. super addictive. Yeah, it's, super addictive. I have never heard. I've heard of Tyler, the creator, of course. I think that he's pretty well known, but I've never listened to it. Um, Unless he was on SNL or something. <laughs> Which I'm was. such an old man that that's like the only yeah. time I see or hear anything outside of my weird norm, my non-norm norm, if you will. Um, but no, I was I was blown away by it. It's like the first moment of the first song. You're just like, what the hell is happening? Like, it's just yeah. this big, yeah, it's really- fat, almost dumb square wave synthesizer sound just and you're like okay and it goes on for a while and it's just like what am i getting into here uh i i just loved it everything about it was it was synthy uh it was pretty at moments it was strange it was dark um i thought the vocals were really cool like it's i i would watch like uh, a full length documentary about the making of this album because I have so many questions like when Tyler seems to be singing and it's just his voice it's not good like he's out of key and it's not great but then all of a sudden it sounds like the temptations come in behind him and it's like what the hell and that happens throughout the whole thing the soul vocals are um, sick like the whole thing and i don't know if he did them if it's all a vocoder or a harmonizer or 
you know, like how it was done, I have no idea, but I do know that it sounds like the temptations on this record. It sounds like real soul music. And then underneath of it is the dumbest synthesizer sound you've ever heard. And a rap that's like beyond silly, you know, and it's like, it's irreverent, which is, if I had to list my favorite things about my favorite records or what makes me like a record, irreverence is like at the top of the list. Like giving no fucks is like top for me. I just love it. And this kind of does that. But like you said, it is also, it is poppy at times. It is, it sounds like normal music at times, but it doesn't stay there long. It's almost like proving that he can do that just to tear yes. it apart and i think that's amazing um i Absolutely. love i love the use of vocal samples it's something that was huge in the 90s especially in industrial and especially in rap but i i kind of miss it now like people just taking samples of people talking or even from movies and things like that i, I kind of miss that in music and it happens here but it's more like his personal philosophies and self-help kind of things it's it's so strange yeah and it's it's yeah the whole thing is very soulful weird upbeat but also super dark like the song yeah. gone 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 is one of the cutest oh, man. things i've ever heard it sounds like a nine-year-old boy singing it and then at yeah. the end like i don't even remember what the line is but it's so sad it's like it's something like, and I'll never be the same again, but it's like even sadder than that. I wish I could remember the line, but it's like, in a way it's, it's, it's almost like a breakup record in its own strange way. Like I just, I can't say enough about it. I absolutely, no, I loved it. And I listened to it. I mean, no less than seven times, eight times this week. So wow. I don't know. I, Dude, I am so glad yeah, it was awesome. that I got you into. Yeah. I am so glad I got you into a record this yeah, much, Eric. I, I, I adored I, it. I can't say much you more. You probably, from the sounds of it, you might have already listened to it more than me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was blown over, away by it. At first, I wasn't, um, though. Like, at first, I heard the second song. No, Earthquake. yeah, I think the third song. And it's, like, really like an R&B modern yeah, very, top very 40 like, love song kind of thing yes and i was yes. like like i know. said sometimes like i said sometimes it gets too close to cut for right. comfort for me to that kind of thing uh to where i'm just kind of like ah right. where is he going now and then all of a sudden a fucking weird synth noise right. happens or something just out of the blue and it's, like, and it's super it's smart just, it, not to interrupt i'm sorry but it's like what what no, i really okay. like about it and I think I talked about listening to screwed and chopped, uh, screwed down, chopped mm. stuff. And what I liked about that was you could tell they listened to it. And every second they were thinking, what could we do right now? What can we do right at this moment to make it different yeah. every moment? And that yes. is the way this is. There's not one second of this record that they didn't scrutinize they didn't let the tape run. They didn't let the drum machine go. Sure. They didn't let anything sure. just sort of happen. Like it's Sure. It's and it's so smart too. Like the song Running Out of Time, they they sample yeah. the Love that the song. run part from the DJ run. Yep. You know, and like Yep. Yeah. And it's just um I don't know. Like I said, I, I I could probably 
talk about it for hours. I could watch a making of documentary for hours. I just thought it was. Killer. I think I think there might be one on YouTube. Oh my god! Actually. Guess um, I'm not going to sleep. I don't know. Look, <laughs> look it up. Um, if if there's not, a do- I seem to remember, or at least maybe there was like some sort of like weird like live performance. Oh, okay like videos yeah. oh look it up look it up I after will. this eric i think there probably is okay so then that brings us to my pick for the week and in some ways i kind of think we pick somewhat similar records mm-hmm. that are also in other ways absolutely completely different <laughs> like mm-hmm. right but the the approach in the aesthetic is I could see how some could actually make some comparisons. I agree. Uh, So the name of the record is ultra pop and it's from this group called the armed. I don't know anything about the armed other than they are an anonymous collective from Detroit that have a rotating guest list of musicians that they collaborate with and their early EPs. Now, I've listened to actually a lot of stuff from them, not mm-hmm. just this album. Their early EPs were pretty much straight-up hardcore. If you're a fan of Converge, Cave-In, Coalesce, kind of that sort of stuff, um, I think that uh, you would you would love their early EPs. But a lot more straightforward than this album, because this album is pretty much anything but straightforward. It's very evolved from that it's it's not even funny like i actually (laughs) struggle to even to even think about how to describe this record Mm -hmm. it's almost completely stripped away the hardcore element and that's kind of what you think when you listen to it at first and i think if you went back and listened to like their early eps you would think that from the first three or four albums but then the hardcore element kind of starts to return but in a completely altered form Mm -hmm. this record is impressively but insanely hard to describe parts of it are like sort of ambient dissonant drone pop i mean that's kind of the best i could come up with but then some of it is just straight up noise rock with very dense production and a lot of synths going on that will all of a sudden break into like ambient black metal style blast beats and then kind of revert back to like, I don't know, almost like a Husker do type thing or something. Or I I have a list of bands here that I put question marks behind (laughs) that I could kind of almost compare them to, but I want to say that they don't really sound like any of these bands at all. Lightning Bolt, question mark, at the drive-in, question mark, hmm. Interpol, question mark, Atari Teenage Riot, question mark, Fagazi, question mark, My Bloody Valentine, question mark, hmm. Wolves in the Throne Room, question mark. Hmm. Uh, the list goes on and on. It, it's like they took their favorite parts from all of these records mm-hmm. or something and really successfully put them together but it's such a intriguing listen and very much a blast to listen to um Mm -hmm. i don't know i would say it's like hardcore punk presented through the filter of like electronic pop music or something Mm -hmm. but not in like the same way that something like atari teenage riot is because atari teenage riot is just straight up pretty much 
when you listen to an Atari Teenage Riot, it starts at one speed and remains that speed. Mm-hmm. It starts at one repetitive feeling and it stays that feeling all the way through. This record is just, I mean, a roller coaster of just sounds and uh, soundscapes and um, I don't know, genres. It's honestly, I mean, to me, this is some of the most interesting and exciting music I've heard in hardcore because i think at the core it is still a hardcore record despite all the things that they kind of throw in and all the curveballs um the energy and urgency of the record really reminds me i don't think it sounds like it but it reminds me of the energy of refused shape of punk to come Mm -hmm. To me, it's impossible to pick a favorite track because it works so well as one piece. They almost like the way that they structured it almost reminds me of a mixtape, mm-hmm. kind of like in hip hop. It's it's just really great. And then the last track has a, a very interesting guest appearance from Mark Lanigan, which is mm-hmm. awesome. I love this record. And to me, it it's probably a contender for quite possibly uh, the best record of 2021 so far Hmm. for me. What did you think, Eric? Yeah. So I'm going to say some things that are sound contradictory. Sure. And that's okay. Cause I usually do anyway. Sure. And I'm, this is going to sound weird, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about what I heard in this record versus what I heard on this record. And I know that sounds confusing, but I'll get there. I promise. So first and foremost, I loved it. It was super fun, but it was super challenging, pretty difficult. Like the whole thing's only 38 minutes. When it got over, I could not believe that. It had it felt like at least twice that long to me. Yes. Because it's so complicated. And not only is it so complicated, but it's punishing. It's almost like power electronics as a part of the music it's like mersbo level white noise at times and it's just running you know kind of like the digital hardcore stuff where it's just like this constant barrage of noise but yeah like i said i loved it and it was super fun and it not only kept my interest the whole time but piqued my interest i was like what is going on here and I also had to go back and listen through the armed, uh, their other stuff, because I didn't understand how we got here. Yeah. If this was the first release, I would understand it almost better than them having a past catalog or a back sure. catalog. Because if they just came out of the gate with this, I'd be like, oh, okay, I get this. I really do. It's kind of like 100 Gex meets Andrew WK. Fine. That's easy to understand. But when you're coming out of hardcore, again, this was presented to me as hardcore and I just didn't hear it. That was the connection I was talking about with the lion's daughter earlier. Like yeah. maybe it's just that I don't understand what hardcore is, but that on both of these records, that's not how I would have described either of them. Hmm. If, if no one had ever said that word, I wouldn't have thought that because for me, the armed the ultra pop ultra pop is a great name for this record because I really can't think of another way to describe what's happening here. And mm-hmm. it it's almost in this tradition of how far can we push pop music? 
before it's not pop music anymore. You know, for me, it, it made me think of things like the misfits. There is literally, let me find the song title here. A life. So wonderful is the melody from hybrid moments by the misfits. I, I was trying to figure out <laughs> so, what that was because yeah. I had heard that. And I remember like thinking to myself, this melody is so familiar, but right. I don't know what it is. So to me, it's like I said, in the tradition of these sort of pop groups that just pushed it as far as they could push it, the Misfits, the Ramones, Jesus and Mary Chain, Jay Retard, Andrew WK, Atari Teenage Riot, all of that stuff, just in how noisy can we make this? How fast can we make this? And then the, the flip side of that is it's also super epic somehow mm -hmm. like yeah. elements of it reminded me of enon or polyphonic spree or even yeah. like elo like yeah yeah the orchestration of the whole thing is just underneath this layer of uncontrollable white noise fuzz mm -hmm. and the whole thing it's just assembled flawlessly and i think mm -hmm. it is super fun but I would not put this on expecting to just have this feel like your summer party record. Like it's no. intense. It's and so, and it is heavy. I mean, there are thrash level speed on this thing, mm -hmm. for like a lot of it. So, like I said, I came away from it loving it. Super interesting. I would suggest everyone give it a shot, but at the same time, expect it to be a little off-putting because I yeah. mean, it is just noise. I loved it. So don't take any of that the wrong way. You should totally check it out. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one of those things where um, for me, I understand I could kind of see why it would, it would fall under the hardcore mm -hmm. umbrella, I guess. And a lot of that is because of that record refuse shape of punk to come. Like right. it, there's so much, going on here yeah um it's it's really like eric said it's really difficult to like wrap your head around both of these records fantastic and i think i think in a lot of ways both records are kind of similar in that way i agree yeah i was thinking it, that um earlier that somehow and that's what i mean by the genre thing yeah i guess if they're both hardcore then that's the connection now but, with i actually you know, got with Lion's Daughter, I got less hardcore and more metal. Yeah, right. But I could totally see how neither one of those descriptions for either release totally does it just does either one right. of them justice. So that They're, was sort of the connecting thing for me. Was yeah. Like, wow, here's two things that apparently fit under the same genre umbrella, and I don't think they sound anything alike. Yeah, no, not at all. You know, <laughs> so. I don't think they sound anything alike, but I think their aesthetics are kind of similar. Sure, I agree with that. Um, okay, so we're going to bring in the drums <laughs> to our reviews, and we're going to raise the dead of the records that we chose. Uh, all um, right. Once Weekend of Bernie's gets into my mind, I can't Oh, I stop. know. I know, yeah. man. I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry. All right, so anyway, Future Death, Special Victim, was my pick. And it's a uh, record from a band that I came across while I was looking up Acid Punk hmm. on Bandcamp, which is actually most of the records that I'm going to pick this year probably are. 
Hmm. I made an effort to try and find bands that I had never heard before for the most part. Mm -hmm. I have a reason for that. I just don't know what it is, Uh, but it exists for some reason. Uh, Anyway, so I really like this record a lot. Um, They have um, a couple other releases. This came out in 2014, and uh, they have a couple of other releases that are equally just as good, um, in my opinion. I really, really like this band. This is one discovery that I absolutely love i'm gonna try kind of a different method this week eric Hmm. i'm actually gonna just read verbatim what i have written down wow yeah like i actually basically wrote a review this is what i have to say about future death special victim at times this sounds very super chunkish but definitely has some shoegaze vibes the production on the vocals make this sound very haunting The music does remind me of a combination of, as I mentioned before, Super Chunk, My Bloody Valentine, and the Blood Brothers, because there's also a slight hint of bombastic, spazzy hardcore when the drums speed up and almost do a blast beat. There's also a bunch of fuzz and noise, which bring in a lot of sonic youth influence. The vocals really remind me of Mac from Super Chunk. I'm really, really... Uh, doing this super chunk comparison and digging yeah. it into the ground for some reason. You're chunking it up. I'm chunking it up. But also, I would say it has echoes of Wayne Coyne. Hmm. Great stuff. Actually, now that I think of it, it also has the vibes of early Flaming Lips, pre-Soft Bulletin, or rather, Zarika era. Uh, one record that I would definitely uh, say would be like Telepathic Surgery, which is basically like sort of like their acid like the flaming lips acid punk days kind of hmm. um when they were kind of doing almost like a butthole surfers type thing like a butthole surfers like type thing uh also i would say perry farrell and jane's addiction would be a decent comparison hmm. if jane's were a lot more stripped down and presented as a noisy hardcore band but future death is really the only name you have to be concerned about here because this is well future death They really sound like future death and nobody else. What the hell do I know anyway? This album slays. Also, this came out all the way back in 2014, and they have released the Amazing Cryptids EP in 2015 and the Holy Fingers album in 2020. Peace out. Now on to Eric. Wow. I like it. I I didn't write anything. (laughs) I didn't write anything. So yes, I I I like the term super chunkish. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard that. I neither have I. <laughs> yeah, I agree with a lot of that. It, it's you know one thing I like about doing this show mm-hmm. is that I mean that's gonna this is obvious. You have two people listening to the same album. Wow, right? Pretty amazing insight. No, um, but it's cool because we all filter everything we take in through our brains, our own experiences, all of our own listening, viewing, reading, knowledge, everything that makes us is the filter that this goes through. So sometimes we have wildly different reactions to things. And sometimes we have, you know, pretty similar reactions to things. I think this time it's sort of somewhere in the middle. Um, sure. I thought more, I thought it was maybe going for a little more like a psych thing. Uh, mm-hmm. 
But I mean, you mentioned that as well. I'll kind of just start reading my notes, which are actually just bullet points. So they won't be as eloquent. Nice, fuzzy, freaky psych, great rhythms and guitar tones. One thing I really liked about this record, and I did like it. I forgot to say that. I, usually my response is, yeah, um, I really liked it. That's how I start yeah. my review every time, but I forgot to do that. <laughs> but it keeps it really fun and super weird. Not so like inward looking, brain melt, kind of droney psych stuff. Mm -hmm. As much as it is, it's like just getting goofy with your brain. Like having yeah. fun with getting weird. I felt that um, it does also get kind of dreamy at times, especially the last track, but there are other moments of sort of ambience, I guess, but, you know, heavy noise, psych ambient. But then also the thing that I really liked about this was, like I said, it's really fun. It has this disjointed, spazzy kind of cuteness to the whole thing, mm -hmm. which I kind of um compared to brainiac or Ooh, tripping daisy that's um, a good one too but what's funny is i think a lot of that comes from the vocals and i will say that wayne cohen's vocals are very much in my mind a lot like tripping daisy's vocals and or mm -hmm. brainiac so that tracks you know mm -hmm. um i did hear a lot of other things though too the ocs um drags mm -hmm. Uh, that mm -hmm. kind of just psych stuff, but also a little bit of like kid Congo powers mm -hmm. um, in just the rhythmic element of it all. Not quite into like King Con and the barbecue show level of fun, you know, but getting close to it. There's a level of upbeatness to it that um, is missing in a lot of um, psych. And so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, good pick. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. I um, I love this record too. So far, I've listened to it probably five times, mm -hmm. and very rarely do I listen to because I listen to so much music on my Spotify. Yeah, will I listen to a record that I've discovered recently more than like two or three times in a month? Mm -hmm. And I think I've already five or six times this record. Yeah, I listened to it a couple and it I enjoyed it. Like it's 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 pretty fun. I mean, it's still pretty weird. It is. Um, it and is. not exactly like light in any way. Mm -hmm. But really pretty upbeat and fun and as we get into some springtime, you know, mm -hmm. it's kind of nice. Like sewer pope seems to wear crocheted uh ski masks um and mm -hmm. so does my band buck gooter yes no yes. they they do seem to wear masks i have no idea what's going they on. do they do um but yeah buck gooter is what i chose the record's called head in a bird cage and i think it came out just now yeah it's no it's, last year I, well i think last it was 2021 yeah. yeah yep so fairly new ish. Uh, but yeah, Buck Gooder is Terry Turtle. Um, Terry Turtle does guitar and vocals. And Billy Brat Brains Brett um, does vocal theremin, drum machine, electronics. They're from Virginia. 
Um, the only way I can really describe this is post-industrial no wave. I don't know. It's really hard to put a label on this. And it's not because it's so whacked out. It's because it's so in, in this space. Like it perfectly fills in this one space that is so specific that I can't even describe it. If that makes any sense. I don't know. I, I, like I said, that's, it's kind of a hard one. Yeah. The first track opens and it sort of is like a, um, be my baby kind of thing, but mm -hmm. it's all messed up. It's all distorted. The timing's screwy. Uh, I don't know. And it just kind of goes from there and we never really get a foothold on what we're hearing. Um, so I'm just going to read a list of things that I thought it reminded me of because unfortunately I would love to give original thoughts and have that be some sort of explanation for what music sounds like, but I just, I can't do it. I have to mention other bands so that you guys get a sense of what it sounds like. So it does have uh, elements of traditional industrial, like really traditional, like Einstein de Neubauten and early ministry, um, Cabaret Voltaire, like real early stuff. Um, even current 93 at times with how minimal the arrangements are. Definitely a huge goth influence, um, Christian Death and Bauhaus specifically come to mind. Um, but then also elements of no wave, uh, especially birthday party, uh, tuxedo moon with kind of how the bass and drums sound suicide, but mostly what it reminded me of, it was, uh, JG Thurwell slash fetus. Uh, I don't know, Dan, if you've listened to much fetus, uh, a little um, bit, but basically, uh, my understanding of fetus is, I don't know. Somehow it's swing music, but it's industrial. <laughs> right. <laughs> with J.G. With Thurwell kind of just yelling over it with lots of heavy percussion. Um, and that's sort of how this is. Tons of heavy percussion. Um, a lot of yelled vocals. I wouldn't say there's a lot of singing necessarily, but it really works. It's stuff that you want to yell along with, you know, like like some of that older uh, industrial stuff, like old ministry, you don't sing anything, you know, like skinny puppy. Yeah. Maybe there's a few parts where you can sort of sing along, but that's not really the point. This is really sort of that crux, that, that, that moment where the nexus, where all these things sort of meet and there are moments of really pure aggression involved in it. I don't think it ever comes off as like actually aggressive. This isn't heavy music. This isn't angry necessarily, but it is noisy and it is loud. And yeah, all I can really say is you should check it out. I think it's really cool. And I also thought this one was really fun, even though everything I just described is absolutely not fun, but it comes off as fun. It's at least self-aware. You know, I just really enjoyed it. And I, I, I don't know, hopefully Dan, you have some other words that can be used. Cause all I really did was list a bunch of bands, <laughs> but if you like that list of bands, uh, I think you would really like this. So what do you mm -hmm. think, Dan? Uh, yeah, I thought it was amazing. Um, quite possibly one of, if not my favorite pick that you've ever picked on the show. 
I, I really like this a lot. This is, I listened to it three times um, because I was the first line that I write, I wrote in my notes is have no idea how to describe this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I started thinking about it. Otherworldly and alien hmm. are two descript, like, I guess, what do they call them? Descriptors. Yeah. And I would say that, especially that first track, sounds very otherworldly to me. Like, almost like majestic. Like, it's yeah. very new wave industrial punk goth, like you said. The production is very dense and foggy at times. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it really honestly sounds like I'm driving through, like, a forest at night. Yeah. And I can't see in front of me like almost like you're boxed in, you know what I mean? And in all the best ways, sometimes it's got the, uh, sort of a dark twang sort of reverb element. I'm assuming yeah. that that's probably where the fetus JG Thurwell element that you were kind yeah. of talking about. Like I've never really listened to fetus. I have heard JG Thurwell stuff. Like I know he composed the soundtrack to the uh, venture brothers show. Yeah, and Super and Jail, I believe. At least Super Jail, yep. Credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's also collaborated with the Melvins, who are, oh. of course, one of my absolute favorite. But yeah, th- this is amazing. Uh, it really just kind of, there's a theatrical aspect to everything that they seem to do. Like you were saying, they wear the masks and everything that mm-hmm. I find very appealing. I really like the production of it. Mm-hmm. I definitely hear the drum machine thing. Sometimes it kind of reminds me of like the music of Twin Peaks or something, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, All of those bands that you mentioned, I definitely would have to agree with. I hear, I hear some swans. Mm -hmm. Um, I I hear some skinny puppy. The the drums are almost ridiculously uh, gated at times, which I think is really cool. And yeah, Bajas. Absolutely. I heard a lot of that going on. David Lynch in general, mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails, um, Skinny Puppy, things like that. Another real to me, especially mm-hmm. in the voice, because you mentioned the shouted vocals. Mm-hmm. To me, another like reference that I would say would be Big Black. And the oh, reason why yeah, for sure. The, yep, the reason why point. I say that is because I think that the vocalist. The main vocalist who, uh, what's his name? Between Terry both. Turtle. Actually, Terry Turtle. Terry, Terry Turtle and Billy Brat Brains Brett. Okay. <laughs> they both I love do those vocals. Names. Yeah. Okay. I don't know which one it was, but when he shouted, sounded mm-hmm. almost eerily identical to Steve Albini to me. Yeah, that's great comparison. I didn't even think of Big Black. I think, I, I think Big Black... And I think they probably wear the big black influence on their mm-hmm. sleeves. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I would say. So yeah, if you like industrial music, if you like uh dark Gothic twang at times, if you like horror and if you like noisy gated drums, I think you'll like yeah. this. So nice. this is absolutely, absolutely yeah. amazing. Thank you for picking this, Eric. Yeah, I think that first track uh, Nailed to the Cross oh, man, probably one of it's, the best tracks I've heard in a really and, long time. And I it really sets, love it. It sets the tone for the record yeah. perfectly and I would have to say yeah. it's 
my favorite track on the yeah. entire album. And it's funny because like I was saying, it has like an older rock and roll kind of feel to it. And it doesn't really reoccur throughout the record, but it sets no. the tone for you to know that that's in there somewhere. Yeah. And that that's cool. That That's really how the record works for as overt as the sounds are. I think the environment's really subtle and, and that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. My pick, let me start by saying this had two things against it starting out before I even heard one note. First one is they have 180,000 monthly listeners, which for me is a little bit bigger band than we usually cover on here. And that's, that doesn't matter. I'm glad for people's success. You know, I don't, I'm not one of those elitists. Like I only listen to shitty bands. No one likes, uh, but no, it, it, I mean, that's just, they're popular. Like we can say that the second thing was the band name is tropical fuck storm, which is, um, a little overt for me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I don't have an issue with it on any level, but it's just kind of like, Whoa, that is Uh, That's quite a name. But yeah, uh, I picked it um, and I am going to review it right now because that's what we do on the show. Duh. So uh, Tropical Fuckstorm record is called Deep States and it came out in 2021 and I verified that. I didn't just go off of Spotify. But yeah, they're an Australian band, emphasis on the alien part, has members of the Drones, High Tension, and ModCon, which I've not listened to those bands, but... If anyone has, that might give you an indication of what they sound like. Yeah, this is kind of weird stuff. It's hard to place what is happening, but it's really good and it's really cohesive. And I think it has a vision. It's fun. It starts out and it's like um, maybe some sort of like sonic youth worship kind of stuff. It feels like uh, on the first track. And then you get into the second track and kind of all bets are off. All of a sudden it sounds like hyper pop synths over Sleaford mods kind of vocals with heavy hip hop beats and um, strange atmospheric sounds in the background. All of a sudden you realize that you're, you don't, yeah, you're in deep water all of a sudden is kind of how it feels. But yeah, the record in general uh, has elements of noise, rock, hip hop, reggae uh punk it's really a hodgepodge of different sounds and styles but yeah they make it work it's really interesting and like i said as it's really cohesive through and through um it kind of reminded me um of that crack cloud record we reviewed a while back um as far as how much stuff is being put into this how many influences are finding their way into this but yeah really great synthesizers, great drum machines. Um, but also it doesn't feel electronic at all. This, to me, this always feels like a band. There's always an element of multiple human beings playing together. And that's something that even on like things that people make at like solo records, even if it's singer songwriter stuff, you lose that element of, whoa, this feels like a band. This feels like a bass player playing with a drummer. You know, and like you, you, you can feel that difference. And this definitely to me has that feel of people in a room playing things together. It makes it feel more earnest and genuine and just human, I guess. 
at first I think it felt a little silly. Like I didn't know exactly what I was hearing yet. And I was like, Whoa, this is kind of goofy. I'm kind of excited to see how fun this gets, but honestly, it doesn't get fun. It stays very serious throughout. They're very serious about what they're doing. I'm not saying it's dark, even though near the end of the record, it does sort of gets kind of dark, but it, it's not goofy music. It has goofy elements. It has silly sounds sometimes and, and movements that are kind of eccentric and quirky. But at, at its core, I don't think this is at all trying to be light <laughs> on any level. And as it goes on, it it sort of does just move toward this end of expansion and it, things just keep getting bigger and deeper as the record goes on. And it, it it's kind of a cool experience. Yeah. The hyper pop and sort of upbeat elements give way to like sprawling dirges, you know, uh, but it still retains all that eclectic sort of wild elements of it too. I do think this record moves sort of as a, a piece. It doesn't feel like a collection of songs. It feels like it has an arc to me anyway. I'm just going to list a bunch of things that I sort of heard in it, but they're not, by any means, do they not sound specifically like these things? So Sonic Youth, uh, Sleaford Mods, Kate Bush, and a lot of the vocals, but especially the synthesizer sounds, uh, Gorillaz, uh, The Talking Heads, uh, X-Ray Specs. I had probably 15 different bands written down for this and i'm just going to stop there but yeah so very cool uh very strange ideas and sounds thoroughly modern it feels like you're listening to future music now um and it is really deep uh but there are moments of sort of close to the surface almost fun too so really interesting and really good and they deserve all the attention that they seem to be getting because this is pretty mind-blowing stuff so what do you think dan yes i agree it's almost absurdly interesting i i mean i listened to it a couple times and i still mm -hmm. don't think i can necessarily describe what i was hearing it's literally to me this is unlike most if not all things i've ever heard it's such a hodgepodge on in one sense of a lot of different things I have heard, mm -hmm. but then it's also altogether something that I've never heard, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I want to point out, and I think this makes total sense, is that they actually did an EP with King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard mm -hmm. um, called Satanic Slumber Party, <laughs> which I like that name. Yeah. And that makes sense to me because something's going on in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if maybe like the animals, the poisonous animals mm. are like biting them. And then they have to make this kind of music. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but King Gizzard and the lizard wizard doing a uh, collaborative EP with this band just makes total sense because mm -hmm. King Gizzard and the lizard wizard in another sense mm -hmm. is just as experimental and off the wall as this, but also mm -hmm kind of maintains, like you said, Eric, there's sort of almost like a touch of normalcy to it too. And what I mean by that is it does sound like a, like a band, even though mm -hmm. they may throw in electronic elements and things like that. So I listed a bunch of things that this made me think of. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to go ahead and list this and then I'll kind of explain 
some of the things. Experimental, art rock, art punk, slacker punk, ambitious punk. I know some of these are just really ridiculous. Noise rock, talking heads. Mm-hmm. I agreed with you there, Eric. Psychedelic, kraut rockish, Oneida, pavement, mm-hmm. public image limited, wire, king gizzard and the lizard wizard, fagazi, residence, throbbing gristle, gang of four, craft work, <laughs> no means no, built to spill, ladytron, Nick Cave. Mm-hmm. If you like all of those bands, yeah. if you like all of those bands and artists that I mentioned. And also I would throw in Kate Bush. I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. I would not expect this band to sound like any of them. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll say that right away. But like with the pavement element, pavement in their music does a lot of dirgy. Like they mm-hmm. kind of do, you know, we'll do this like thing where, you know, Stephen Malcolmus will sing like just a really great melody and it's it's kind of you know really catchy but then all of a sudden at the end they go into this dirge like you kind of mentioned eric Mm -hmm. there was a lot of that going on like there were times where and that's that's why i i'm glad you said that it sounds like a full band Mm -hmm. because the way they approach it even the electronic stuff it sounds like a guitar bass and drums Mm -hmm. kind of just coming to this big epic conclusion at times mm-hmm. all of these elements just kind of come together and create something that i'm at a loss and that's great that's awesome mm-hmm. i would also say that most of king gizzard and the lizard wizard that i've heard you know i would say that that's kind of what they do but in a much different way as mm-hmm. well and uh not to compare the two because they're both from australia but it's like mm-hmm. Like again, there's something going on in Australia, man. Well, yeah, uh, I think we've reviewed at least two at least two other psych bands from Australia. Yeah. Too. I think it's just like something in the air. I don't know. Something in the air and I don't know, maybe it's the heat mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe it's climate change that's causing and they are called tropical yeah. fuck storm. Right. After all. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh if you like everything that I mentioned, uh but then want something that doesn't sound like everything I mentioned, uh, then, but has elements of everything I mentioned, then that's really all I can say about this, man. It's this mm-hmm. one thing that I really enjoyed is there was a storytelling element. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you picked up on this, Eric, yeah. but in my, from my perspective, anyway, there was a huge storytelling element, especially in some of the later songs. I think like when, you know, like the lyrics and the story was serious, but the presentation was kind of just absurd. That's where I would say the Sleaford Mods thing mm-hmm. would come in for sure. I think Tropical Fuckstorm, um, I think there's there's an honesty to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, maybe the other records are different because they have like three other records. Yeah, I need to check out the other ones. For Definitely. Sure. Um, but at least on this record, it seems like it's just completely honest. Like it seems mm-hmm. like they just sort of were like, okay, I'm just going to present this this way and didn't really think about it, you know, mm-hmm. like, but then at the same time, there's got to be at least some thought to what they're doing because- right what they're doing is so um, just out of this world. As far as I'm concerned, it was, it was such an interesting listen and I'm not going to lie. It was challenging at times. Sure. Um, Yeah. Where it was just like there, there were a couple of times where I'm like, I really have no idea where this is going. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that they kind of did that on purpose. And I think that that's, 
what um, what this band is about. I, I think what this band is ultimately about is challenging the norms mm -hmm. that you have in a song. And um, that's why it comes out as like, it's not completely unlistenable. It's not, mm -mm. It, it's experimental, but it's experimental in a way that is also has at least some tradition, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, this was an excellent, excellent pick, Eric. I'm cool. really glad you picked yeah, this. Yeah, I was trepidatious about it. I mean, I know that band names, I don't know. It just, uh, it seemed silly. Mm -hmm. And then when I listened, I was like, oh, this isn't silly. And then you sort of uh, rethink the name a little bit. You know, it's like, well, if they're serious, then what the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It <laughs> like actually, if it's not just for fun, then what are, what is this? So it actually, in my opinion, it actually fit the music perfectly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. Because a tropical, because, okay, like I could imagine a tropical fuck storm being like this almost like controlled, chaotic thing mm -hmm. presented by Mother Nature. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, so I think that's kind of how I would describe this band is th it's this controlled yeah. chaotic thing. That's in some ways unnatural, but in other ways, completely natural, you right. know? So speaking of, uh, intense, wild, insane, aggressive music, uh, my pick is nothing like that at all. Um, so, uh, my pick for this week is by a group called Exec, E-X-E-K. The album is called Advertise Here. Came out this year. Um, yeah, this was a, I thought this was a cool record. Um, I don't know how to say it. It's really comfortable living, letting you live in the songs for a while. And that's always something that I really enjoy above anything else. I, I really like people to be confident enough with their songs that they just kind of let you stay there for a minute and just, um, and like I said, live there. Uh, yeah, exec. It's, I don't know. It's not easy to go into great detail about it because I feel like in its subtlety, it's really overt. Like, like I said, the songs are what they are and they last as long as they last. They're very strange kind of songs, strange moods and, and feelings and presentations, really angular at times, really rhythmic, almost that, like I always say, motoric kind of rhythms um, that are just driving and don't really stop or change but at the same time, a really super mellow vibe as well. There's elements of no wave, uh, new wave, I would say dream pop, even like uh, goth stuff to an extent. I don't know if people consider goth a, 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 a genre of music, but I, I think there are some things that can fit in there together really well. Yeah, I feel at a loss with this because... It's like trying to describe Beach House or something. Like, it's not, it's so mellow and so just uh, what it is, it's hard to to find specifics in it. So, as always, when I'm at a loss of actual words, I'll just tell you about some bands that I, that it kind of reminded me of. Uh, Cigarettes After Sex, um, in the sort of mellow, 
ethereal kind of feel to the whole thing. Broadcast as far as the vocals, um, the organ sounds, synth sounds, things like that, and just sort of the presentation overall. Bell and Sebastian, as far as the, the vocals and how they were presented, and even maybe some of the melodies. And those are sort of the tangible, slightly um, approachable bands that I can think of. The other ones might be like um, Psychic TV, uh, Tuxedo Moon, uh, ESG, because there is some funkiness to it, um, Can. Uh, yeah, so you see where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's presented really well. Uh, I love everything about it. Very cool guitar work, cool synths, organs, electronics throughout. Um, I enjoyed it. And like Dan said about the last record for him, this one checked a lot of boxes for me. And um, I just really liked it. Yeah. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, this, uh, I, I listened to this probably about four or five times. Um, and, uh, I, uh, I was, and still kind of am in the best ways, just at a loss for words, but Mm -hmm. it's like, I just think this is a really, really cool record. It's not a record that, I mean, five years ago, maybe even one year ago that if you would have played me something like this and said, you're eventually going to listen to this five times in one week. <laughs> it, I would have just laughed in your face. Like there just would have been no way. Um, but every time I went back to it, it got more and more intriguing to me. So I'm going to, you know, I, I took some notes and I'm going to try mm-hmm. and explain uh, what this record meant to me the best that I can. It's, very soothing and oddly hypnotic at times and has a eeriness to it. But I also kind of felt like almost like a, like a buildup to something that never really happened. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I almost felt like the person singing vocals was just on the cusp of just going off the edge, (laughs) but never quite got like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. like it almost felt like, Let's say that you, um, I don't know, you're driving down like the interstate, it's super late at night, and you fall asleep for a couple seconds behind the wheel, Mm -hmm. and then you're in the median, and you wake up and you're like, oh crap, and then you like hit the brakes. (laughs) Like if that, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it almost had that sort of like, and I don't know if it was the tone or presentation of like just the, the songs, but I'm glad that they didn't go off into you know crazy chaotic territory Mm -hmm. because i think that would have ruined it honestly but it almost sounds like a panic attack coming on but Mm -hmm. then like you know you find a way to control it before it happens you know what i mean or something like that yeah that's a great description (laughs) that's kind of how it felt like to me um so it was like a build-up to something that never happened (laughs) overall i would call this record like if I had to describe what this record is, if somebody took pop music and blasted it with a bunch of radiation and then that pop music turned into a mutant, that's what this is to me. Like, and when I say pop music, I don't mean that it's pop music in terms of like Britney Spears or something. It's like 
pop music in terms of like Brit pop or something, or like it has elements of dub. It has elements of kraut rock, post-punk funk. Um, and just a lot of interesting composition choices. Uh, I think, you know, one thing that I really liked and I've been kind of delving further into like kraut rock. And a lot of that I credit to you, Eric, cause that's kind of stuff that I've always mm -hmm. kind of had a curiosity about, right. but I never really mm -hmm. actually delved into until, you know, I was kind of like, I had to listen to it, which is great. <laughs> you know, it's great that, you know, like I had to listen to can for instance, you know what I mean? The songs start with like one progression and then a whole bunch of other progressions are kind of layered on top of it. Mm -hmm. So like in that way, I think kid a oh, from yeah. Radiohead would be a good comparison. Mm -hmm. My favorite track hands down though is unseasonable warmth. Mm -hmm. Like the baseline throughout that whole song is just so cool. It's just, it's very repetitive, but there's all these like different compositions and it's like, you know, it kind of, I feel like in a weird sort of way that the way that the songs are structured are almost like a hip hop beat. Mm -hmm. And because it it's very repetitive, but then there's all, all this other stuff that is kind of going on on top of like, the repetitive rhythms and you know what i mean yeah um mm -hmm. one another thing that i really thought was really interesting was like the lyrics to the first proper song i'm after your best interest and maybe this is why i kind of feel like it was like it sounded almost like uh the audio equivalent of a panic attack coming mm -hmm. on because i mean i don't know what exactly he's singing about but it does seem to be like some sort of midlife crisis or something. Mm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm misinterpreting that. And I don't know, maybe I'm hearing the lyrics wrong, but is he singing like, are you pregnant? I don't know actually. Okay. Yeah. Cause it sounded to me like he's like, are you pregnant? Like he's mm. asking like a, like an ex girlfriend or something, but I, you yeah. know, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it just that's the funny thing about the the vocals on this record is like it's very clear it's the enunciation is very clear everything about it you can hear every single word but if you asked me what did they say in any of these songs i have no idea because it moves yeah. it moves quickly and it moves exactly. so staccato it you know it's like da, 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 those are how the words are presented and so Absolutely. yeah it almost becomes another like subliminal instrument or something i don't know absolutely um so on on the track uh back to uh my favorite track mm -hmm. um which is unseasonable warmth there's also an element of that that uh really reminds me of almost like like a 50s like love song or 50s mm -hmm. or 60s like oldies or something i don't know like a buddy holly song or something or mm -hmm. like um a doo-wop song or something in in a yeah. weird sort of way there's like that that sort of element and i also think the production because at times it almost sounds very nautical if that makes any sense like it sounds yeah. like it's recorded underwater for sure yeah um so it's got this really weird, almost like lethargic mm -hmm. feeling to it. 
uh, like I'm just picturing like a, like a blue room or something, you know? Yeah. And it's, I don't know. That's, that's just kind of, um, how, how I'm viewing, uh, but it's such a fascinating record. If, if, if I were to recommend this to some friends of mine that maybe aren't into this kind of thing, I would just tell them the best way to do it is just to, uh, you know, just listen to it, delve right in and don't have me describe it to you. You know what right. I mean? Because mm. I think if somebody would have tried to describe mm. this to me, I, I would have lost interest. And by the way, mm -hmm. I'm looking at the lyrics right now. Yeah. So this is the part that I heard. Mm -hmm. um, so listen to this. This is really interesting. The various pictures, the many problems, like lips that drag along the ocean floor and pick up every whore with fishy breath. Now I imagine there's a few. Your old mate might know. You're looking pregnant. Are you pregnant? Now I, ima I imagine you don't mind having surgery. Routine oh. procedure. I still need you to be still for now. Wow. Yes. That's some wild and so, stuff. What, what is, you know, like, like that is... If I were to sit down with the singer of this band or the, <laughs> yeah. or the guy who sung this song, I would be like, what are you talking about? Because right. <laughs> like, honestly, for some reason, and this doesn't happen often, but for some reason, just the way that that was presented mm -hmm. on the song caught my ear. I was like, are yeah. you pregnant? What kind yeah. of, what? I don't know. It's, it's here. Maybe I'm just That's looking cool. too much into it. No, I think it's cool. I think it's uh, like I mentioned cigarettes after sex. It's kind of the same way. Like if you put something in a subtle enough way, you can say almost anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've listened to much cigarettes after sex, but it is perverted stuff. I have never heard <laughs> cigarettes after sex, oh, but I would imagine I, they're with great. a name. I love them. with a name like cigarettes after sex. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't surprise me that they're perfect. Yeah. And <laughs> that's the thing. I, I think it's one of the worst band names of all time, uh, Yeah, but uh, it's truly amazing music. And I love sure. it. But if you really listen to what they're saying, it's like, Holy shit. Yeah. So yeah. This is similar. That is some wild stuff. It's, it's, it's some weird stuff. And so, yeah, it totally seems like this, that's totally the definition of like, somebody to me that's like going into the mind of somebody who's just about ready to lose it you know because to me yeah. the, to me he seems to be writing some seems to be singing some pretty out there stuff yeah. that has to do with you know your new mate and maybe jealousy and maybe feelings yeah. of resentment I, yeah. i'm not really sure and know. but uh, aside from all of this um <laughs> the because I don't have, uh, just like you with hardcore, I don't really have a lot of reference points for this mm -hmm. kind of, like, I feel like you're way more well-versed and we've talked about this kraut rock dub, uh, post-punk, even no wave. Uh, the three bands that came to mind, uh, mm -hmm. were beak, mm -hmm. um, can for sure. And then also, uh, retros. Sure. Um, yeah. now retros is not, Retros is way more um, chaotic <laughs> mm -hmm. than this, uh, but it, just in the song structure, in the way that, you know, uh, the songs are just kind of almost like, they're almost designed to make the listener feel a bit uncomfortable. There are times where it sounds like they're just purposely 
and this is not in any way supposed to be a negative thing. In fact, I really like this about it. They're really challenging the idea of what a proper note for this part is supposed to be, or a proper chord change is supposed to be or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. There's a lot of different ideas as far as like song structure, I feel, going on in, well, retros, can and beak, and mm -hmm. um, with exec. And uh, so I'm sorry, I'm taking like way too long talking it's about okay. it. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because a lot of times I think we just present our opinions about things and we move on, but sometimes we actually get into a discussion about Absolutely. a record and i think that's just fine as well and absolutely sometimes and a record is so hard to pinpoint that yeah. that's what you have to do and and that's this record i think i'm going to be spending more time with it because mm -hmm. i'm really wanting to find out what the hell's going on yeah and they've been doing <laughs> like, it they've been doing it for a while uh, yeah. they have a lot of music out so I am looking forward to going back and listening through the rest Absolutely. of it as well. It's, it's, it's intrigued me. And the other yeah. thing that's interesting is that this is on Castle Face Record. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. The guy, the guy from the OCs is that's, he's the guy who owns that label. Okay. So kind of so, a psych thing. They are also from Australia. So Australia. yes, yes. You know, that element of psych too. I mean, I'm sure that they must play with all of the, you know, a lot of the people we've talked about from that Australian psych scene and stuff. So absolutely. 100%. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, yeah, this was a really interesting pick. This, this one really uh, intrigued me. And that's kind of why I'm, why I described it earlier as like, if pop music, if, if you could take like a living form that is pop music, mm -hmm. all pop music that we've ever heard, and then just blast it with radiation and then have <laughs> yeah. it come back as like this, mutant yeah that's what i mean and i don't know that that yeah. might be a ridiculous <laughs> description and it is it's a mellow mutant <laughs> yeah exactly a mellow mute well a mellow mutant that is almost gonna have a panic attack so what's gonna happen is it's gonna be like the thing from uh or um not the thing uh um, the blob <laughs> no 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 from fantastic four what's his name ben Grimm. Uh, oh yeah the, the blob isn't that a, he's called the thing, isn't he? Yeah, I think Just he is. Thing. I think, I think yeah. he is called thing. But anyway, yeah. like, you know, when he kind of has his like fits of rage, <laughs> but then like the other members of the Fantastic Four hold him back. That's oh, what yeah. this is. Yeah. This is the Ben Grimm of pop music. Um, wow. I love yeah. it. I like yeah. that. Wow. It's it's like, hold on. You can't get that angry. <laughs> but I know you're upset about I don't know what it is, but I don't know. Yeah. Wow. I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I, I think, you know, if you're listening, you should, you should give this uh, record a shot. I mean, absolutely. If it makes us this confused, you're obviously <laughs> going to like it. So, yeah. And, and, and a lot of you are probably like, well, I'll like anything that confuses Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some good reviews. From yeah, the past. yeah. I don't know if they make up for people having to listen to Chuck. And oh gosh, yeah. Isn't he just horrible? Isn't he just horrible? The worst. Just terrible man. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, so yeah, I guess we do have to change our codes. Don't yeah, we? I kicked him out, 
and I got to change the code. He's still, he's back in the waiting room. So, but I'm not going to let him in ever again. <laughs> we have asked a lot of the listeners this week. We have. And I think we should let him go. But I do think we should say for real, thanks for listening. A hundred episodes seems like a lot. Seems like a big deal. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening and for your continued support. I don't know. It yeah. It means a lot. It, yeah, it really is. Um, this is really a labor of love for us. I mean, we really do enjoy like uh, discovering uh, new artists from around the area and talking about them every week. So a mm-hmm. uh, hundred episodes, we couldn't have done it without you listeners out there. And uh, yeah, that's, it is awesome that we've gotten this far. I mean, yeah, I, I thought I was done at episode three <laughs> and that's, yeah. it's just awesome that like, that this really is a milestone. I mean, I really am proud of what we've done at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but All right. thanks for yeah. listening. And we yeah. hope to hear you next week. Yeah. Well, well, all right. Well, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. And now here's the cool outro bumper that's like a moment of zen.